Hey, Blake. Yes, Justin. What was your first job? I think if I remember correctly, I had a job at Albertsons for a day. I used to sell hot dogs at Six Flags. Mm. You used to sling wieners? Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm not a kid! I'm not a kid. Season two is going to be a little more adult if you heard the opening of that show. Uh, but now we're not talking about sling. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about me selling hot dogs at Six Flags when I was 15 years old. We are talking about careers as a whole. What do you do from nine to five, eight to four, whatever your time or is, or for you from midnight, midnight to, to eight a.m. Yeah. What do you do? for a living is it what you want to do for a living is it something that you feel fulfills you um something you feel fulfills you wow that was a tough one yeah, yeah it's um and if you could do anything if money wasn't involved what job would you choose just we just want to talk about careers so blake why don't you just kickstart us into this talk to us about what you do now what your schedule looks like how that affects your life and uh we'll just see where this well, first bad boy rolls I want to commend you on getting out of the hot dog game because I don't think that would have been a good career choice for you. I don't know if I'd be uh, as as lucrative now. If it, like my, I don't think we'd have a podcasting show if I was still. Um, You'd have to sell a lot of hot dogs. I, dude, we were um, we were top hot dog sales. It, we were right by the mini mine train over there at, um, at right, Six Flags. I don't want to talk about. No, we were right by the mini mine train, and we changed our marketing approach. And instead of just standing there and hoping someone would come, we would go out front and say, "Come." get a hot dog come get a wiener okay this one's coming off the rails quickly so uh yeah so um what do i do for a living right now i'm i guess you would call me a transportation and logistics manager i do work at night right now it's it sucks um is what it is i don't sleep very much i sleep about three four hours a day uh i've been doing it for about a decade now um Started with a family business and then have moved on to um, some other companies. You know, for me, the topic of careers is interesting because uh, you and I kind of grew up in the same similar, the same kind of similar way. Um, I don't know that I would say either one of us it were um, rich per se, but we both kind of grew up, you know, a little. We were uh, both of our both of our dads did pretty well and we didn't really have to, uh, you know, I work a ton growing up or anything like that. We both got to kind of, and for me, um, looking back at it, I almost wish that I grew up. I, I'll go into a dirt poor more or less that I had to work, you know, and had to work for everything I got because I kind of took advantage, you know, I took advantage of it as a kid and I, I, man, I was lazy. I was lazy in my teens and my twenties that, that, that hurt me with school. It hurt me with work. And I found myself at, you know, 31, 32. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. A little 30, gassy? Yeah. <laughs> that bang, man. Ooh. 31, 32. And man, and I was lazy, you know, and I was, I was kind of, you know, for lack of better words, I was half-assed at work, just kind of went through the motions, didn't really work hard, just kind of did whatever I had to do. And, um, didn't have much of a work ethic and I, it took me kind of leaving a family business and having to not really have that safety net. I like, Oh, there's pretty much nothing I could do to, to lose my job. So 
and, and to really develop a work ethic. And then um, it kind of paid off to where – that move, I, I looking back at it, it was about three and a half years ago, four years ago, and it's the best thing I ever did because now I'm. I wouldn't say that I love what I do. I don't dislike it. I mean, it's just kind of a. I, I don't have a college degree, so I'm kind of in a little different place than you are. Um, but I take pride in what I do. I work hard. Uh, I'm good at what I do. So, you know, it's kind of a. I look at work, and this is where I was raised. A lot of people have to do something they really enjoy, or strive to do something they really enjoy, something that fulfills them. What you struggled to say a few minutes ago. I wouldn't say that's me right now. I would say that I, I, I don't dislike what I do. I don't wake up, you know, other than waking up in the middle of the night to go to work. I don't wake up thinking, oh shit, I gotta go to work. Um. But I wouldn't say I'm fulfilled by it. I, I, I do other things like this, you know, uh, like things that give me a creative outlet to kind of uh, be fulfilled in life. So, you know, it's, that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I would say I agree. I think we both uh, were lucky enough to grow up. But at the same time, you think about maybe it would be a different perspective on life if we grew up a little differently. But my mom and dad, yes, um, there wasn't a lot of times that if I saw something cool that I wanted – that exactly. I didn't, that I didn't you know maybe get it most of the time did but I'll tell you the day I turned fifteen and this was I think because my dad's worked since he was probably twelve my grandpa has worked since he was um, who knows nine probably because that generation started early uh, I was told the day I turned fifteen that I would have a job because I could get hired at Six Flags so the day I was old enough to work somewhere I had a job. See, so, you and I were different in that vein. I didn't have to work. I didn't get my first job until the spring of my senior year in high school when I stopped playing sports. Well, I, I my mom owned a uh, screen printing company in Mansfield. She had um, pretty much the whole school district's contract. She made all the shirts, and that was probably when I was 11, 12, 13. And I worked for her then. She paid me for sweeping, folding, and putting boxes. Like I got paid. When I turned 15, I got a real job where she had to – and that's what the crazy thing is – I didn't get paid anything at Six Flags. I got paid minimum wage for free. Five fifteen an hour. That's when minimum wage Dude, was five fifteen an hour. You were banking. Oh, I was rolling three. I go work a five hour shift because at fifteen you could only work five hours, so I'd make twenty five dollars before taxes. Before taxes, so nineteen dollars or something. So you if get not. paid like ninety five bucks for a week. Uh huh. <laughs> and my mom would drive me from Burleson to six flags in arlington that's ridiculous which probably cost her the same amount of money in gas that it caught that i made that day theoretically speaking if i was in that position and it was my kid and they were working for five hours i would just stay over there in that area while they were working i would not drive an hour back to burleson well the good thing was most of the time i would take a change of clothes go to the locker room change clothes and go ride rides and play like meet friends and stuff out there play that was weird (laughs) but um so I did that, and then after I did Six Flags, I went. I didn't have to work during school until I turned sixteen. And then I got a job. I worked at um, Steak and Ale with Tim Rawson and I, Joey. I, I remember those and days. those guys. I worked there, and then I went over to Saltgrass, and then I went over to Abuelos, and then I went to Sergeant's Western World, and I sold cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And then dude, I, you got all sorts of jobs under the belt, dude. I've I've had. I literally was counting. You the used other to work day. on TV. I used to work on TV. Um, so I went from Sergeant's. Uh, I went back to Saltgrass, waited tables at Saltgrass for three years, 
uh, until I got to college. And then in college, I started as an intramural ref, worked at Saltgrass, bartended, ran an ice cream store. Uh, and then after I graduated, I kept bartending, got hired on at a sales company. I sucked at sales. My dad's probably one of the best salesmen I've ever met. And I was like, I'll be good at this. I sucked, got fired. Um, and then from there, I went to a place called FYI Television where I worked on television. And, um, <laughs> kind of. And then uh, from there, I went to CBS 11 where I really worked on television. And from there, I went to the classroom where I taught. And then now I'm in my job that I'm in now. But I have had, I've, you know, lucky enough to say that I've had a job every day since the day I turned 15. I've never not had a job of some sort, whether That's it was impressive. once a week, whether it was twice a week. I mean, there was time when I got fired from the job out of college, I was still bartending on Saturday, so I still had a job. But, I mean, have I been fired? Yes, I've been fired. Have I um, I've been fired once? Um, have I quit jobs that weren't right for me? I've quit every job that I've ever been in because at that time it wasn't right for me. And See, that's interesting, though, before you go, like, just you saying that. You know, I brought up the point that we both kind of grew up where we were very, you know, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of things we wanted that we didn't get. You worked since you were 15 and had job after job after job after job. So you kind of were, you know, even though you, we grew up the same way, you were different than me. You worked in and had that work ethic, whereas I didn't. And it affected me uh, until, like I said, until I finally realized because I was having issues with the family that I was working with at the time that I wanted to get out. And then I, you know, I, thank God it just clicked like, okay, I don't have the safety net anymore. I just got to flip the switch. And I, you know, it was pretty easy for me to do. And so that's interesting just right there as sitting there listening to you talk about that, that even though we kind of had the same upbringing, we were both on different sides of the spectrum. Whereas you still had that work ethic because, you know, I guess your dad and your parents flat out said from 15, like, Hey, you're working. And mine wanted me to work. I was just lazy and didn't. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was told that I would work, and I was told that um, God, that TV in the living room is loud. Um, yeah, we might need to turn that off between the next episode. <laughs> uh, I uh, I was told that I'll work, and then I was told, you know, when I got my first car, that I would make the car payments. Um, and I never had, and I didn't have to pay cell phone bills. I didn't have to pay my insurance, but I did have to have something that I made a payment on when I went to um, to college. My mom said, my dad said, I don't want you waiting tables so much that it affects your schoolwork, but you will have a job. Right. And so you will continue to pay your car payment. And I remember the white Ford F-150 Lariat that I had that when I went to college that year, it was $375 a month for the car payment. And that was my responsibility was that. And then any kind of play money, food, anything I wanted to do outside, because they got me, my freshman year, I had a meal plan. I could eat every meal of the week for free. Unless I chose to do elsewhere, and right. that, I had to pay for that. And now, the side thing is, like you were saying, we got what we wanted. My dad was always the type of guy who, and my mom, if you hear this, you know this, but I've never told you this, but we would have a conversation about, well, Justin, you got it. Me and mom would have a conversation and be like, Justin, your car payment's due in three weeks, and you've only given us $100. You need to come up with that $175, $275. She would walk off, and dad would look at me and say, let me know if you need it. And I cashed in on that way more than I probably should have, which takes it away from the whole work ethic thing of I knew that security blanket was always there. That safety blanket would catch me. Uh, there was multiple times that I could tell stories about my dad where he was, Justin, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just having lunch. What are you having for lunch? Uh, I think I'm having a sandwich with mayonnaise on it. Why? I just don't have any money. I made my car payment. 
check your account. Boom. Because I still, I still have an account at 36 that my mother has a, doesn't have access to our family account, but my original account they set up when I was six still is open so that when my mom buys Spark or whatever from us, she can just transfer money there and I can transfer it out. But that, that, that stayed intact for so long because... My father was funneling money to me through that at times because See, it's interesting you say that. I had that relationship with, and they're they passed away now. But I had that relationship with my grandparents, um, where I would kind of you know, and it's probably why honestly in my twenties, you know, teens and and even early twenties, I didn't have much of a work ethic and didn't have to didn't work for as hard as I could for what I wanted because. I could go over to my my grandmother's house, and they would, you know, I'd go to, yeah. And I used to go over there, honestly, to go hang out with them because I, you know, hey, we all know old people. They just sit there and bicker, and I thought it was hilarious to listen to them bicker. Um, that need ice cream. Oh, God, my grandma's like, well, you want something this? You want that? You want this? I'm like, no, shut up. I'm 300, off ice? 350 pounds. Stop asking, <laughs> giving me food. I'm, I'm fat. Um, but, so... Like and then it would be like, you know, I'd be like, well, I think I'm gonna go. Well, what's your gas tank at? You need money for gas? I'm like, oh, yeah. So my grandfather at the time, he'd go back to his room. He'd come back with like twenty, thirty bucks. Well, he'd come back when when he would go to the back room to go to his wallet to go grab some money. I'd be standing up talking to my grandmother, and then a hand would go in my pocket. <laughs> and God, we're immature. A hand would go in my pocket. And then, you know, as I got in the truck after I, there'd be like 40 bucks in there. Well, uh, that's at the same time that my grandfather came out and gave me 40 bucks. And you know, I had 40 bucks in the left pocket, 40 bucks in the right pocket. Sometimes it was 50 or, you know, you know, depending on the day. So, I, you know, it wasn't like car payment style, but like I didn't have for like, like you were talking about money to go do whatever after the basics. I, that's probably part of the reason why I didn't, because I had the same relationship with my grandparents to where. And boy, I went over there at least once a week because I was like, <laughs> well, it's a little light. Let's go get some money. Well, I-, I had times where, you know, I, as a high schooler working, I was, re- I mean, this isn't cocky, Justin. I was really good at waiting tables. A little cocky, Justin. Um, I was just. You know, my charming personality and just everything I made. You do have a good personality. I made good. Thank you. That was a compliment. Look I at know. that. We're, we're growing here. Um, I made decent money. Plus, it didn't hurt that I was when I was working at one of the most expensive steakhouses at the time yeah. because I wasn't at Del Frisco's, but I was at Saltgrass at a $25 steak and I would sell them with some of all the other stuff and make some money. Um, but there was times where uh, I can definitely remember just say, like, once I got into college and I had this responsibility of a car payment and, and money and things like that. I remember there were definitely times where it felt like I needed to call my parents and ask, Hey, I need some shoes. Like I have some shoes, but I dig these other shoes that I got. Like I found some shoes I like. My mom's like, you have money, go buy them. And then my dad would get on the other phone in the house and be like, how much are they? Check your account. Boom. I, it, with her on the phone. So I know she knows she did, he did this stuff. But it took, oh, yeah. it took me a while of, in high school, my money came in, and I would keep a little bit of it for me to like go. If we all went out to dinner or something, I'd have some money to spend on myself. But a lot of it I gave to my parents to go put in the bank so I could, they could pull my car payment out. Right. Um, See, but I, once I got on my own where I had to put it into my own account, I still felt like I needed to 
hey, you know, I made $400 this weekend in three shifts. Is it cool if I go buy these $65 sneakers I want? My mom's like, yeah, dude, you're 20. Like, right. <laughs> quit calling and asking for permission to spend your money. See, I never did that. That was probably part of it. I wish I probably, I wish I would have done that. Like, hey, can I do that? I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll just ask for money after I. Now, let me ask you this from, from another, just a completely off topic and into, into another kind of phase of careers and stuff. Um, have, cause I, I've kind of, um, encountered this i guess two and a half years ago two years ago something like that i don't know a couple years ago have you ever um been in a place to where you knew you were in a position that you were kind of over your head and like you were kind of given a position that in a sense in a lot of ways you weren't ready for and you had to kind of just figure it out on the fly because i went from working for family doing certain aspects of the transportation business to going to work for another company as kind of an entry level, um, manager position. And then I, like I was like, I kind of touched on earlier. I just, I attacked it and was busted, you know, did whatever was, was asked of me and our office manager left. And I was like, screw it. I'll do it. I'll learn how to do payroll. Uh, this guy left our, uh, the dispatch manager left, give it to me. And so by, by in my first year with this company, I was not only what they call a driver manager in the transportation business where I was, you know, just managing drivers, make sure they're doing what they're supposed to. Then I was doing payroll. Then I was managing our dispatch department also. Then I wound up being the operations manager for our entire office. And I was also overseeing our Houston operation, our San Antonio operation. And I'm not going to lie. I was not qualified for it. I didn't really know kind of what I was doing. I went from, uh, you know, to where I was managing like P&L, profit and loss for an entire, you know, trying to make sure we were bringing in and what we were. I was negotiating deals with, with other clients, trying to bring in new clients. And I had no experience doing any of this. And there were periods of time to where, you know, I just kept my head down and kept working and, and nobody in that, and nobody outworked me. I worked, you know, uh, I worked more than, I mean, way more God time sakes, than you think you I'm will. not drinking a Smirnoff ice, even if I find one in my butt. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just, that's all I did was butt. work. And that's how I just, there you kinda, have I just it. put my head down. And now you know but exactly where, if Blake were to find a Smirnoff ice there, he ain't, no, he wouldn't even drink it if you found one there. I'm not sure if my mom listens to this, but if she does, I'm sorry, mom. This is the I'm 40 podcast. I'm Justin Deering. You can find us over on Twitter. I'm Deering22. Blake Mitchmore on Twitter is Blake Mitchmore. Situation where you felt like. Still sorry. We don't know what we're talking about next time, but we will see you next time on the I'm 40 podcast. Hey, um, and. Hey Mike, I sat down. What do you think about Smirnoff Ice bell rang and Twitter? And thirty-two high school kids <laughs> walked in. About Twitter, and that it was that moment. There was my first real shot of being play? in a classroom. So I, I got I, I substituted. Right. But let me remind you who I was substituting for. Jerry Cantu. Yes. Which thousands of people out here listening to our podcast don't know, but the forty-two from Mansfield that listen—that's a lot. It's probably not that many, but they know who he is. I there was his. Be. I was his substitute. The last year he was in the classroom. So then the next year I got hired on and no teaching training in college. I had worked on television um, and I was teaching radio broadcasting. I had hosted a radio show and that's another job I didn't mention, but I hosted a radio show for a little bit. Um, 
I didn't know classroom management. I didn't know lesson planning. I didn't know um, what teaks were, and that's a big deal here. Um, I had no clue what I was doing. I went through my first year of teaching with a partner who also had no clue what he was doing. We both were first year teachers in the biggest program in that on that campus other than health science. And somehow we made it work. And I'll tell you, that's kind of, I dig that. I dig the getting into the situation where I'm over my head. It kind of gets me a little fired up. And I'll tell you, every job I've had since the first day I taught, at some point I have felt in over my head. And I kind of thrive on that because that's when I really get into books, really get into reaching out and networking with people and finding that crew to get around that, you know, have you dealt with this? Because in in my job, there's no telling what tomorrow is going to bring because I'm dealing with high school students and dealing with elementary students and parents and all kinds of stuff. Um, See, that's interesting right? where you, you just said reaching out to other people saying, have you dealt with this? I didn't feel like I could do that when I was in that situation because I felt like if I did that, People are going to know I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. And that is, I would say, even a year and a half in my current position. And I'll tell you, the first day I walked into that office over there, I was like, oh, they're going to think I'm, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. Right. They're going to find out that I'm not prepared for this. And that's when I had my crew of people, the mentors that I've had an opportunity to work with, even though, you know, I, I make fun of them a lot. Jerry Cantu has been a huge mentor for me. John Terrence has been a huge mentor for me. Uh, people around the state that I've got to know, people around the country in the last year, I've really got to know through the last uh, you know eight months since uh, I really got involved in the national stuff. Um, but yeah, there's days. I mean, I can think of a day. I mean, today I went to uh, I went to an event or a funeral for the superintendent's wife of my district. That when we found out that happened, and we went from managing a school district to helping him to helping do all kinds of stuff. You're in over your head right there, but yeah. we came out of it as a team. I mean, my boss came out of it. I'm just going to be honest. She did everything, and we just kind of took care of her. But it was an amazing day today for that. But I thrive on those moments of I don't know exactly what to do because I, I don't know. It's just weird. Katie's always said that that's part of something that she enjoys is I'll get into a situation, especially at work, where you know how how I've been doing it for five years now. How do you say thank you to the to the school board in a new creative way? when you do a video every year, you got to find a new way other than having a kid say, thank you for your volunteer for volunteering your time. Right. Or how do you handle a situation where maybe a teacher doesn't do something they're supposed to do right? Or how do you handle a student that does something that's going to get them in trouble? Or how do you handle suicide, drugs, alcohol? And it's just moments of, I've never dealt with this, but now I've got this like database of stuff. Plus I'm blessed to work for probably the best superintendent in the state of Texas. And my boss is probably one of the best, school PR people in the country. Well, it's interesting. So it's awesome little network that I've built. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing. What I learned from going through it is just kind of like you said, you, once you do it and you, you encounter it and you like now, you know, if somebody throws a, you know, if there's a problem or something like that, you're just kind of like, okay, well, you sit down and you figure it out. You just, you don't really get intimidated very much after you encounter it that first time. You kind of have that split second where you're like, damn it, what do I do about this? I don't really know. And then you're just like, okay, well, time to put my head down and figure it out. Kind of like you did that first time when you're like, when you, when you encounter it for the very first time. And now, you know, for me, it's almost like, so I just start, I started a, a, a new job in October. It's new company, new way of learning how to do things, and just like 
the end of the day, it's the same stuff. I can figure this out. It's not a big deal. You know, you kind of, once you go through that, it gives you a new kind of little bit of confidence in your abilities. Like, all right, well, you know what? I may not know exactly how they do stuff, but I know I can figure this out. I've done this, you know, for you. I mean, you're doing different stuff, but you're still in that vein of education. You're still in that vein of, you know, uh, public relations really kind of is what you do now. For me, you know, I've done a bunch of different things in the transportation and logistics industry now. Once you do it, you're like, okay, well, I can figure this out. I, I've done this for a long time now. I know I, I just got to put my head down and figure it out. And that, for me, is kind of cool to have that confidence once you've been in that over-your-head moment, have that confidence in your abilities going forward. Well, it's it's – and I, I think if we had the opportunity for Katie to jump on and talk about this, she would tell you that the guy who left the classroom and became the video guy for his old district – three years ago or four years ago at this point, five, I guess, um, didn't know what he was doing. Like, I knew how to make cool videos, but I didn't know even the terminology of my job. Like, my new boss at that point would come in and say things, and I'm like, yeah, I got you, and immediately turn around to Google and be like, what the heck is return on investment? Like, what does that mean in the marketing world? Right, that's what so, I had to do the same thing. So I go through that, and then I guess a month and a half, two months ago, we had a situation, and it was on the news, and... You know, I don't talk too much about work because we deal with so much stuff that it just stays there and I can work on it at home. But I don't spend a lot of time talking about situations at work. But when one pops up on the news and your wife looks at you and says, so what's going on with that? And I start talking and she just looked at me like. Is that the one I kept asking you about? Yeah. Ah, got um, uh, she, uh, she looked at me and as I'm explaining it and explaining our approach on it and how we're handling it and this and that without, you know, any details other than just procedural a uh, procedural is that how you say it um the approach to how you handle this kind of crisis or this kind of news story or this kind of thing and she just looked at me and she goes i don't know any of those words you just said but it sounds like you're doing a good job <laughs> uh so i mean i've spent and we talked about this a couple episodes i think it was a social media episode in season one uh where we talked about you you'd made the comment that I had found the perfect spot for me because I was dealing with social media all day and I'm a social media whore and um, I enjoy it. Um, You know what? I'll tell you, part of a career, once you get into, in my opinion, once you get into something that you truly do enjoy, and I love my job. Like it is different every day. Every day there's moments during the day where I think, oh crap, I'm in over my head. I don't know what I'm doing. But it's tiring. It's it, It beats you down a little bit especially social media, especially that side of it where you're always constantly on and you always have to make sure that you're giving the right information that nothing's spelled wrong, which is my issue. Um, or the, the commas in the wrong spot or something to that effect. But I got to the opportunity. I got to the point before Christmas break where I said, I need to unplug. Like I've got to step away from this thing for a few days. So before I went I need on to take a bath, yeah, I need to go take a bath and drink a Smirnoff ice. <laughs> you were obsessed with Smirnoff ice right I, now. I got iced over the over Christmas break oh. for the first time, so I've been really looking for opportunities to ice people. So I, I took the shot to pre-plan out my entire job for the 20 days we were off work. And while I still checked it and still made sure nothing was going crazy, I really unplugged for the first four or five days of the break and didn't right. look at my phone. And I think that is important that if you find a career that you truly love doing even though you love to do it eventually it's going to wear you out i think guys who love to play baseball and get in the major leagues and play baseball i bet on about game 105 they're like i'm so tired of swinging this bat 
and then they realize they make 20 million a year and they shut up. But, um, I feel like you have to find a way to unplug. You have to find a way to back out and a way to kind of rejuvenate. And that 20 days we just had off for Christmas holidays and my daughter's birthday. And even though everybody in the whole family was at our house, what felt like every day, it, it, it restocked me. It got me going again. I launched my blog. Like I said, I was going to do, it's actually out there. Um, I got to work on some projects and that's my thing right now is working on projects that aren't work related because that keeps me learning. It keeps me rejuvenated. It keeps me kind of thinking of other things. So let me ask you this before we, uh, so you are in a position, you and I are in different positions. I don't hate my job, but I wouldn't say that I'm in a, something I really love or, you know, it's just a, it's kind of a, I've learned a, or I've been involved in a industry that I'm, kind of developed a lot of skills and I'm very good at. Are you passionate about your industry? I won't, I wouldn't say that. I'm being okay. honest. I'm just but curious. I look at it like I, like I kind of vaguely or very, you know, vaguely put, I look at it. I look at jobs more practically. Like I'm just, just what I do. Um, let me flip it to you. Let's say that you, for whatever reason, you moved, you, I mean, you're a little different because you've got experience and you, you've got teaching background and all this stuff. So it wouldn't really happen, but let's say hypothetically for whatever reason, this line of work was not an option for you anymore. And you had to go just into a different line of work and kind of be in my position to where you just had a job. Do you think now you could function and be, you know, happy or fulfilled or even have my outlook to where like, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I love what I do, but I don't hate it. And would that be okay for you? Or would you, would you be happy now that you have been, you've had this experience of doing what you love to do? It would be, it'd be very tough. I'll be honest because I think where I get a lot of traits from my dad, I get, the trait of my of my job and what I enjoy doing very heavily from my mother. Uh, my dad, I, I bet if you were to ask him when he was able to tell you, he was said he never liked any of the jobs he did. See, that's the way my dad was, and that's why that's how I'm wired that way too. And he, but he made. I mean, that's why he did it. His right. kid didn't have college debt. You know, his wife got a, her house that she wanted. That kind of stuff. He did it because it's what he did. It's what his dad told made him like just it's just what he did. Whereas my mom is, I would, I, I think, I don't think she'd be upset if I said this, but she's a serial entrepreneur. She's owned a, um, she did crafts. She sold them in a craft show. Then she got a, um, a screen printing company and she started screen printing shirts and did that and was super successful and probably wishes she held on to that. But then she left that and went and worked selling gifts to gift stores and then went and worked for a dentist and went and worked for TCC and then started making jewelry and then doing this and doing that. And it's just that I think she gets bored. And, find, and see something cool that she wants to try out and go after. So she goes after it. And in my eyes, I start like literally started as a hot dog guy. Slinging wieners. But then I got a job that was working with people when I was waiting tables. And if you see kind of my progression through all that, every job, I, every job I've done has dealt with whether it's service or relations, public relations, it has always dealt with 
something. And then the turning point for me that really kicked it to education was when I became a young life leader in college. And once I started working with students and realizing that maybe I wasn't the person to be doing it from a Christian background at the time, because right. maybe I wasn't doing the right thing, but working with that age group is just fun. I've always enjoyed working with the high school age. I don't see how, I mean, there's a special place in heaven for kindergarten teachers, um, special place in heaven for elementary teachers. I think high school teachers, uh, they say that about high school teachers. I say it about them. But everything I've done has kind of led to serving people, and I'm, I'm passionate about education. I'm passionate about kids. I mean, I, w- back to what your question was, though, if this was taken away from me and I just had to go wait tables, or if I, it was taken away from me, I had to go work at Home Depot, or taken away from me and I had to go do, what you, do your job. Not even, I wouldn't even say like that. I, wouldn't even, I don't mean like when I say, I mean like you had to retrench in a different, yeah, let's say you had to get involved in transportation. You had to retrench in a different career that you didn't love. You didn't love what you did. It was just what you did to pay the bills. Do you think at this point, because for me, I think that's why I can be like, you know what? I don't love what I do, but I, I, I mean, I'm good at it and I don't hate it because I've never done that. I've never had a job, you know, I've done stuff like this or, you know, other creative outlets that I love doing, but I've never made any money off of it. So I've never had that, you know. You didn't make money off the wrestling stuff? Well, I mean, chump change. Like not, messing with you. Not, we can uh, all hear you zip in your pants, man. It's not my pants, it's my boots. <laughs> um, I, I've never had that. So if you had to, this was taken away from you and you had to just retrench in another career that, or you just got up and went to work every day, do you, what would, do you think you, I mean, obviously you'd be okay because you got to pay bills, you got a family, but what would your where do you think your your head would be at where do you think your mind would be i'd be at? pretty miserable honestly i mean it would it would i would do the job because that's what i've always done and because like you said i have the kid i have the wife i have the house i have the cars i have all the stuff we pay for um but i also have i just i think that's part of my that's my mom i mean my mom she's like i need to be doing something when she worked at tcc i'd never seen her like that it's Tarrant County College. It's a local community college. She was working with students that were like freshmen and sophomore in college trying to get their associate's degree. And she was so happy and enjoyed work because it was just those kids that age. She loved it. Um, but I think the guy she was working for left and then she left and went and worked for a dentist or something to that effect. I do think it'd be tough. I think I'd obviously do it because I had to help my family. Yeah, everybody but does But at the it, same time, but mentally... some people are wired like that. Mentally, I would have an issue with it because I would want to be doing something, a passion. You couldn't, so... I don't know that I could find passion. I don't think, so you wouldn't be like, so let's say you wouldn't be like me. You you probably would be the generic person that wakes up and is like, son of a gun, I don't want to go to work. God. Yeah, and then someone would pitch uh, an MLM to me and I would work on building my pyramid and Whereas, to get away because you, you don't dread Mondays. For me, you know... I don't wake up. I mean, I don't wake up and say, I'm just like, all right, let's go. Got to get it done. Go do it. And I think, I I think, yeah, I would go do it. I would get it done, but there would be parts of me. I mean, and even in jobs that I've had, my last job where I was the video guy, marketing guy, I really was just the video guy. Right. I did it for three years and I got a little bored with it and it was time to, uh, it was time to take it up to the next. I needed to advance my career to the next right. phase. So even then, on something I enjoy doing, I still enjoy making videos. But after doing them for so long, I wanted I wanted more. 
I right. wanted more. So if I had to go all the way back and learn a whole new trait and start, who knows? I could get in there and be like, man, this is really cool. Or I could get right. in there and be like, I want to make videos again, or I want to do this. So who knows? I, I think, I think careers are such a interesting thing because, um, my dad, top salesman in the world for his company for 20 years. I go into sales for two months with a pretty similar personality than my dad and completely bomb. See, and that's interesting because I like, <sighs> and it really came down why I think I bombed. It really came down to, I think I didn't actually believe in the crap I was selling. Whereas my dad, he wrote what he was selling. I don't know if he believed in it, but he, he sold it and he sold it because he went to work, he did his job, he made his money, which paid for him to do a lot of really cool stuff. Whereas I'm like, I don't care about the server space on the internet. We're selling these people and you want me to follow a script of 40 questions and they don't want to have this freaking conversation with me. And then I got fired. So I think I had to be, I had to have some sort of passion towards what I was working with. Well, you know, and we should probably wrap this up here. That surprised me hearing you say that you weren't, um, Good at sales because, I mean, you're full of crap, and most salesmen are full of crap. Absolutely. I, and I, I mean, I could sell stuff. I still can, but I just hated what I was doing. Sell me on something right now. I'm going to sell you on what we're ending this podcast episode. God, what a great sales job. <laughs> All right, this is the I'm 40 Podcast. I am Justin Deering. You can catch us over on Twitter. I am Deering22. Blake Mitchamore is on Twitter at Blake Mitchamore. Uh, we're going to be coming back to you probably next week and talking a little bit about... I think we're talking about booze. Is next week about booze? Are we talking about some uh, some some booze? It might be. I don't know. I can't find a list. We're uh we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants today, and just uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna party. So yeah, I'm Forty Podcast. Thanks for listening. This was a longer episode, but I felt like it was really good. So it was good. On the way out, as always, hit us up on Twitter. Unless you're Mike Gundy. Yeah, I give a rat about Twitter. <laughs> Such a great quote. <laughs>